This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 540. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 540. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I hope that you're doing well. I hope that you are feeling like you're moving in a direction toward a little bit of nuanced normalcy. (laughs) What I mean by that is I know in our household, my husband and I have both had our first vaccinations. Oh my gosh, this feels like such a huge milestone. And there's like things that we're starting to plan that feel like nuanced normalcy. And what I mean by that is I don't think anyone thinks we're going back to what things used to be, but there's a sense of like, we can start building things from here with a little bit of hope. And that feels really, really exciting. I actually have started looking at like booking trips and getting on airplanes and things like that, which I couldn't imagine that for so long now. And so it's like very surreal. And also I have like reservations and nerves, you know, cause that's just who I am. And I think that this time also, makes that a little bit necessary. So yeah, nuanced normalcy, right? Before we dive in, I'm really excited about our content today around how to start things and steps to getting started because we can make this really complicated for ourselves. But 
before we do that, I want to do a little shout out for a shameless mom of the week. We haven't done one of these in a while. And I was looking in my Apple podcast reviews and oh my goodness, some of you have left some amazing and beautiful and really thoughtful reviews recently. And I appreciate you so, so much. So we have a shameless mom of the week and it's Nikki Cast. So Nikki left a review over an Apple podcast and anyone can do that. If you go to shamelessmom.com slash review, you can leave a review. Let me know how the show has impacted you and maybe you'll be shameless mom of the week. So this is what Nikki had to say. And I think there's an important message here. So Nikki said, I love this podcast. I stumbled upon this podcast after having my second child and was suffering from postpartum anxiety disorder. I was absolutely hooked and became a devoted follower after listening to the episode on the power of positive thinking. That was episode number 259. I come back to the podcast when I need to pull myself out of a negative headspace. Somehow Sarah always seems to tap into topics that align with what is happening in my life and provides helpful tips as well as empowerment and insight from amazing women that she interviews. Sarah, thank you for providing such great content and creating this community. I look forward to joining a shameless mom con soon. So Nikki, yes, we look forward to having you in any or all of our events coming up now or later. But more importantly, I love that you have an episode that you return to that's like your go-to episode. I actually have a Peloton ride that I return to regularly where I'm like, when I'm in a funk, I need to go do that ride. It's the pink ride, by the way, with Christine. So I love that you have that go-to episode that you listen to repeatedly. I think that's just a really great tool to have in your toolkit to know that you have something that can pull you out of those hard moments. And I also want to just say thank you for mentioning postpartum anxiety disorder. I think the more we talk openly about this and share names and labels and diagnoses, the more we can destigmatize mental health struggles. And postpartum anxiety disorder is no joke. And I know a lot of our listeners have struggled with that. And I know a lot of our listeners struggled with that and didn't have a name or a label for it and didn't have a formal diagnosis. And I know so many women who look back and they think, wow, I wonder if I had that. And I wonder if I was able to label that or have a doctor support me in that if things could have been different. And so it was important to me to mention this review just so that we could touch on mental health diagnoses after having babies, because there can be a lot of them and being able to label them and get support around them is really, really significant and can be such a game changer. So if you know a mama, if you or someone you know is suffering from postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, please, first of all, seek medical help, but also let this podcast be a tool for you. And if you know of a mama struggling in one of those ways with postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, please do feel free to send the podcast, recommend this podcast, the show to her in hopes that it can be a piece, a piece of her healing. Of course, I am not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. There's certainly things that medical professionals can do that are above and beyond what I can do. But I also think that this kind of information and content can also be helpful. And so thank you, Nikki, for sharing with us. I appreciate you. And okay, let's dive into our content for today. So we're going to be talking today about three steps to start anything. And what inspired this episode was the way that we all get in our own heads. And so perhaps it was me getting in my own head, right? We get in our own ways because we get stuck in our head. And we think of things that we want to do. And like, give me a virtual show of hands if you're like this, where you have an idea and you're like, wow, that sounds really awesome. I want to do that like in five years because it sounds way too hard to start right now. Or like, I don't even know how I would get started, but I'm just going to like put it on my bucket list or have it kind of out there 
in the ether forever because it seems big and overwhelming, or maybe you don't even let it come that close to you. Maybe you have an idea and you immediately discredit or dismiss it thinking, well, that sounds awesome, but like, I wouldn't know how to do that. I wouldn't even know where to get started. That would be too hard or require too much heavy lifting. And then you just kind of shut the idea out right away and decide that you couldn't do it and that it wouldn't be worth your time or energy to try. And you're not even going to bother with it. And I want to encourage you to give yourself permission to dream big, always, always, always. And then also look at what does it really mean to move from dreaming to doing? And what does that action look like? Because the thing is, when we have those dreams that are out there, and when I look up on my vision board, I created this vision board a few years ago. If you've been following me for a long time, I made like a really big deal about it because I got to create my vision board. I was home in my house by myself for two days, which is like my absolute dream come true to be in my house for two days alone. I went and spent like 80 or $90 on magazines and got a big piece of poster board and got a bottle of wine. And I spent the whole weekend (laughs) making my vision board, listening to Indigo Girls and going through all these magazines. And it was like heaven. I mean, it was like a major life event. It was so amazing. And to not have anyone interrupt me or like need to be on a schedule. Like I think I, you know, I ate like 1.5 meals each day at super weird times. It was so dreamy. So I have this vision board. And when I I was putting things on that vision board, there was so much dreaming that went into that. And like, oh, I can't wait to do that or have that or make that happen. And what happens oftentimes is we dream big, which is really great and very, very important. But when it comes to doing, we don't really look at, well, what is the first step to get started? And sometimes we make this really incorrect assumption that we can't move from dreaming to doing because the first step is too big or too cumbersome, or we have to do another, you know, 18 other steps before we get to the first step. And we just get in our own way over and over. And we end up never moving into that phase of doing. We just stay in that phase of dreaming, which over time can actually be disempowering to never give yourself permission to move into doing. Because over time, if you're doing that in a lot of different areas of your life, you're never actually taking action. And when you're never taking action, you become very complacent. And when you become very complacent, you will ultimately end up in a place of resentment and regret around the life that you could have had that you have not yet started. And that really doesn't feel good. And I'm sure we can all think of examples around that, some of them bigger, some of them smaller. I know I sure have some. And I think about this just in terms of decisions that you think about this around the decisions that you make over time. And There's so many different things where I think like, huh, if I had decided to go a little bit bigger or a little bit harder, you know, five years ago, where would I be now? Like those kind of decisions, right? Like not saying I have regrets, but there's times that I think about that where I'm like, hmm, I wonder what would have happened if I had made like, you know, this one, taken this one extra step way back when that seemed too big and too scary at the time, but what would that have meant today? And so you can see how that can really snowball into us coming to this place of like, shoot, I really... I could have done more or I wish I had done more. And then we repeat these cycles of being stuck and feeling disappointed or frustrated. And I don't want that for you. So when we look at dreaming, how do we start doing? Three steps to start anything. So starting, we often make it so big. We make it such a hurdle that it takes up way too much space and we freak ourselves out. And I always think of this when I used to start programs at the gym and it was the starting that felt so big. So I would start like these six-week programs and in advance of starting the program, people would come in, especially people who'd never done a program with me and maybe never really dedicated time to changing their health in big ways. 
And for them just to get started, the things that would have to happen required like getting workout clothes, getting shoes, getting a new sports bra or getting a first sports bra, cleaning out their pantry and getting rid of junk food, getting a whole bunch of new healthy food in their house, finding new recipes, finding my gym as a place to work out, deciding on a workout schedule, then getting into that first workout class, which took a ton of courage. There was like all this stuff just to get to the start line, right? And that was so overwhelming. And you've heard me talk about this before. It took many people years to get to that point. People would tell me all the time, I've been wanting to do your programs for years, but I was too intimidated or too nervous, or I kept thinking a better time, you know, next week or next month or next year would be a better time. And they would just put it off and put it off. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for 
understood explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. And so that's exactly why we don't start, right? Because there's so many things that we think we have to do to get to the start line. And I want to give an example that has been so empowering to me. So I started taking a memoir writing class months ago, coming up on a year ago, I guess. And when I started the class, first of all, I was like, I don't really want to write a memoir right now, but I'm going to sign up for a memoir writing class. Like that in and of itself was very uncharacteristic of me because usually if I sign up for something, I'm like, I'm all in and I'm going to do the thing. But I was more with this, like, I just want to kind of like test the waters and see what happens. And so as the teacher on the first night was giving us assignments around what we were going to write on, I don't remember the topic that I wrote on. I'd have to go back and look in my notes because I have all my pieces of writing from that class. But I don't remember the topic that she gave. But I remember when she, we had to come to class with eight stories about our life, like just eight random stories. And it could be big things, little things, whatever. But then from that list, she would give you one of those stories from your life. And that's the thing you were going to write on the first week. And I remember she gave me my assignment and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to write like hours and hours of writing on this. And then the last thing she said before, after she got done telling everyone their topics and everything, the last thing she said was like, now you're only going to write a little bit about this. And I was like, wait, what? Huh? Like, I mean, I had like blocked off like three days over the next week to like start writing. She's like, no, no, no. I only want you to write 500 to 700 words. And when she said that, I had no idea how much that actually was. So I remember like going to some random Google doc and just like, doing a word count on it to like get a gauge for how many words 500 to 700 words was and I was like oh my gosh like that's not that much it's like a page and a half or two pages or something and I was like oh that's all we have to do like that's how you start to write a memoir you literally sit down one time for me to write 500 to 700 words sometimes I can do that in like 30 minutes and that's where you start (laughs) that's the starting of writing a memoir And what was so funny is I was so nervous the first two weeks. So before we got that assignment, I was really nervous. And then to do the first piece of writing and then read it and share it with everyone felt very vulnerable. And then we did that. And what was fascinating as she gave everyone feedback after their first piece of writing, everyone she gave great feedback to. She's like, wow, you did a great job with this. And I'd love to see you work a little on this. Like how any good teacher gives feedback, right? Like I'm going to give you a compliment, a suggestion and another compliment. And so by the end of that, I was like, oh my gosh, like this was not that big of a deal. And what made it not that big of a deal was the first step was really small. And so that's my first tip for you. The first step to starting anything is to make the first step small. (laughs) We often think the first step has to be this major leap. And that's why we don't start. So a couple examples, I just gave the example of my writing class, like literally like writing the beginning of writing my memoir, and this will like forever be the example that I use, the beginning of writing my first memoir was sitting down for 30 minutes and writing 700 words. That was it. It was not sit down and write the first chapter or write a whole book outline or open up a blank Word doc and just type until you have nothing left to say. No, it was like 500 to 700 words on one little story. That was it. So another example would be running a 5K. When you go to run a 5K, so a 5K is 3.1 miles. And if any of you've done a couch to 5K program, they don't say like, just go out your front door and run three miles and time it. No, they start you with like run one minute, walk one to five minutes. It's this, the ratio of running to walking is more walking than running. And that first step is really, really small, right? And then you build from there. And we actually have a mom in Momentum Mamas. And so if you're listening, 
you know who you are and I'm so excited and proud of you. So she recently was like, I want to start running. And she started off with one minute. And over the course of a few weeks, I remember on one of our calls a couple of weeks ago, everyone was sharing wins. And she's like, I ran for five minutes straight today. And it literally over the course of like a couple of weeks, she went from one minute of running to five minutes of running. And she was on top of the world. And now if she had decided like the first time I go running, I have to walk out my front door and run three miles, she would have never started, right? Because three miles is a million miles if you haven't ever run or haven't run in a long time. But one minute, that first small step of one minute, that sounds doable, right? You're like, I can put on some shoes and a sports bra. It can even be like crappy shoes and a sports bra and run for one minute, right? So that's how you start. For skiing, you knew I had to throw a skiing example in here, right? So for the first time I went to ski class, I didn't get on the chairlift for like two or three lessons, maybe three lessons. We were on that little bunny hill. And I'll tell you, I was very happy staying on the bunny hill for as long as I could, like being the only adult on the little conveyor belt thing. What I don't know what's it called, the rope toe. It's not a rope toe because there's not a rope, but whatever. It's like this little conveyor belt thing that takes you up this tiny little incline. Like I could have just lived there for three years. No joke. It did take a teacher telling me like you are very capable and competent now on the bunny hill and you could actually like go up on the lift, which I was very skeptical of. But that first day was just going down the bunny hill. And I remember at the time, even at the end of the first day, like you get a little annoyed because the work involved in like getting onto the little ramp thing and like getting yourself all situated and everything to go down the little bunny slope. Like once you start to master it, you're like, this is a lot of work to not actually ski very far. And you start to be ready for the next step. You're like, okay, like I'm ready to take it to the next level. Like I'm nervous, but I'm ready. Let's like, what is the next step, right? So that first step, it should be small enough that you're holding yourself back a little bit. So like running for one minute or writing 500 to 700 words. I will tell you, when I started to write for that 500 to 700 word assignment, I wanted to write more. I was like, but wait, like, what if I want to write a thousand words on this? Like, I have a lot to say and I'm really smart. (laughs) That's like what every person who signs up for a writing class thinks, right? I have a lot of really smart things to say and no editing skills. (laughs) And so I'm just going to say a whole lot of things. Another example would be knitting. So there's this woman who I met her through. We didn't actually meet. We've never met in person, but I follow her on social media and we're connected through formerly through the fitness industry. And she was someone who I followed because she was just a total badass in fitness and like totally always bumping up against the status quo and like challenging all the bros in the fitness industry, which I loved. And so she probably two years ago took up knitting and she was always talking about this on Facebook. And she was like, she literally started with a washcloth. And then over the course of a few months, she was like, I made my first scarf and it was super cute. I think she was making is it an infinity scarf that like that's the, like the loop thing that you can like wrap around your neck a couple times? And they were adorable. And then in quarantine, she started knitting sweaters. And I was thinking of her as I was going through these examples because I was thinking when she set out to knit and now people are like, holy cow, like I want one of your sweaters. But when she first set out to knit, she wasn't like, I'm going to knit a sweater. She started with a washcloth. And then from there, she just made a longer washcloth and called it a scarf. I <laughs> think right? like, that's how it works. So you start with something small. So that's the first step is that you make that first step really small, like literally make it that you're holding yourself back. So whether that is making it something that you already know you can accomplish, whether that is like setting a timer and saying, I'm only going to commit X amount of time to this and make it so short that you know you can do it. So that one minute run or that 20 minutes of writing or whatever the case may be. 
or whether it is making that first step be something that is maybe a little bit nerve wracking, but something you know you can do, even if it requires a little bit of support, like for me with ski class and like, yeah, I still needed a teacher to like teach me how to stand up. And I was thinking about this the other day when I was on my skis for the last day this season, I was thinking how I remember those first couple days on skis, how I felt like the earth could just move from underneath me at any given point. And I remember just standing there felt very vulnerable, like moving felt terrifying, but just standing felt vulnerable, that like my feet could slip out from under me at any moment. And I was thinking about that standing in line in the lift line and thinking like, how I don't feel like that anymore. Like when I'm standing in the lift line now, my skis are just an extension of my feet and my legs. And it's not, I don't even think about it. But initially, (laughs) it did not feel that way. Like just standing in a lift line felt really scary. And I needed a teacher to be there with me to be like, okay, so here's how you stand in a lift line. And you don't let the earth fly out from under you, (laughs) right? Okay, so number two, the second way, the second step to start anything is to tell someone. Tell someone the thing that you're going to start. Okay, now here's the caveat. It cannot be just anyone. You need to tell someone who believes in you, A, and someone who will also, B, keep you accountable. So don't just tell someone who has let you off the hook a million times already. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. My favorite example of this is a some friends of our it's a friend of a friend this couple that we knew through some other friends a while ago, and we would see them out and about periodically. And 
the husband and wife, they were always very interested in my gym and they were super fun, really great couple. And they didn't live very close to the gym, but they kept saying, we think we need to join your gym and come to your classes because we're really bad at being accountable to working out. But we really know that we should work out and we really feel great when we do work out, but we're really bad at, at staying, managing that as a habit. And so as we were talking about it one night, they're like, okay, well, we have to tell you the truth. Like the truth is we both really love happy hour. And so when we decide to commit to working out and we worked, they both worked near each in offices near each other in downtown Seattle. And so it would get to be near the end of the day. And they had this membership to this swanky club downtown where they could go work out. But they also were in downtown where there was like all these like cute little bars and happy hours everywhere. And to get from their offices to the gym, they had to walk past the cute little bars And so they said, we like nine times out of 10, one or the other of us will talk both of us out of going to work out at the end of the day. It's like so dysfunctional. And basically they were like, we fail as accountability partners because we will let each other off the hook all the time. And I loved that they could see that in themselves. And so when I say to tell someone that you're going to start something, don't just tell anyone. Don't tell someone who's going to let you off the hook or be like, okay, cool, sure, whatever, and like not really hold you to it because that's not going to be helpful. So instead, tell someone who really believes in you who's going to follow up and ask you about it or who's going to hold your hand through it. So I had one of my roommates years ago, shout out Natalie, we would swim in the morning. We lived together and we would do the 6 a.m. lap swim. Now, I love Natalie, but Natalie is someone who on any morning would be more than happy to push snooze and sleep through her alarm or to even get up and put on her bathing suit and then find out that maybe I had pushed snooze and then she would just go back to bed. Okay, but that never ever happened because here's the thing. I don't push snooze if I say I'm going to get up and do something and because that's just the nerd that I am. So I was a really good accountability partner for Natalie. So when Natalie was like, hey, for triathlon season, and Natalie also did a lot of open water swimming. She's like a total badass when it comes to swimming. She like holds records and things and was like a college record holder and a high school record holder. So it's funny. She's like the record holder. I was like not any sort of accomplished swimmer at all, but I had the discipline to get up for a 6 a.m. workout. So when that alarm would go off, I would come get out of bed, put on my bathing suit, walk out of my bedroom, and Natalie would often be sitting on the stairs still in her pajamas. And she'd be like, are you sure you want to go? And I was like, oh, yeah, like if I got out of bed, we're going. And if I put on my bathing suit, like there's no like I'm mentally already in the car. So go get dressed. (laughs) And so I was a great accountability partner whenever she was like, I want to get back into swimming. I was like, let's go. (laughs) I will hold you accountable and I will be in my bathing suit, meet you on the stairs at, you know, 553. So we have our seven minute drive to the pool every in the morning, however many mornings a week you want to go. That's the kind of accountability partner that you want. So when you tell someone you want to do something, you're not just telling anyone, you're telling someone who believes in you and who will actually keep you accountable. I'm going to give a little plug here. If you are someone who owns a business, because this is what gets really daunting for business owners. So as I've been in business, I often, if not always, have to tell people my goals. And I have to tell people who will keep me accountable. And I have to tell people who I'm a little bit scared of. Like I have to tell people who I worry might shame me if I don't do the thing. And so like when I decided I wanted to start a podcast, when I decided I wanted to open my own gym, when I decided I wanted to sell the gym, when I decided to launch the podcast, when I decided to have a live event a few years ago, when I've decided to launch different programs, all of those things, I've had to go to people, either friends, mentors, coaches, and say like, hey, here's what I'm thinking about doing. And I need them to hold me accountable. And I know that as soon as I say it out loud, then I have to do it. And having coaches and mentors who hold me accountable has been the thing that 
has made me make things happen. So if you need someone to tell, I'm more than happy to be that person. And so what I just want to say about that is if you have business goals or you have a business, we do have our upcoming workshop coming up where I will be talking about business building and I will be talking about how I do business coaching in a group model that is really, really impactful and keeps you very accountable for your growth. So on Tuesday, May 11th at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to be offering my workshop three essential building blocks you need to grow your business. So if you have a business or you've been thinking about starting a business, if you're looking to grow an audience, more clearly define your offerings, become more visible to offer services to other people and step into your confidence as a CEO, because hello, if you have a business, you are a CEO, then this workshop is for you. It's totally free. It's a free informational workshop where I'm going to be giving some really solid advice that I know after 18 years of running my own businesses. So during this workshop, you're going to learn the three essential building blocks to starting and growing a successful business. You're also going to learn the three ways to step into leadership and own your title of CEO. And then you're going to learn the three common mistakes that entrepreneurs make often that can cost you everything. So with all that, I will also be opening up applications for my Tenacious Mamas Business and Leadership Mastermind. And so if you want to apply for that at the end of the call, if you feel, or at the end of the workshop, if it feels like a good fit, you're welcome to do so. If not, if you want to just come and learn my business lessons, by all means, come and do that. It's going to be really, really fun, really informative. Like I know you'll be able to take away a few things and be able to implement them right away, but you'll also be in this environment where you get to like pick my brain and ask me anything. We'll do a live Q&A. It'll be really fun and engaging. And then like I said, if you're like, yeah, I need some coaching, I need some accountability, like, yeah, I got you. So you'll have that opportunity to apply for my program as we go into, we're going to be kicking off the last program, the last Tenacious Mamas program of 2021 already. Like, how are we already doing last things in 2021 already? That's how fast the year is going. So that again is on May 11th, Tuesday, May 11th. And you can sign up for free. Just go to shamelessmom.com slash business. That's shamelessmom.com slash business. And you can get yourself signed up for all the good stuff right there. So that is why it's important to tell someone because of that layer of accountability. So I have my coaching clients telling me what they want all the time. They tell me what they want, what they're going to go after, and then they go and do it. In fact, I was on a business coaching call with one of my tenacious mamas just yesterday, and we decided together that she was no longer going to have one of her levels of services where she's working with other businesses. She was no longer going to work with any businesses of this kind for under $10,000 per contact. So she was not going to create contracts and working relationships unless she could get them signed up for a minimum of $10,000 of services per client. And the more we talked about this, at first she was like, oh my God, I can't even say that out loud. And then the more she talked about it and the more we talked about it, she's like, that actually makes so much sense. Like that's completely on par with what I'm offering. She's like, I actually feel really confident about that pricing. I feel like I am giving really good value and that my time is worth that much and the value I'm giving is worth that much and let's go. And the next day she offered for the first time ever, she offered her $10,000 package and the people that she was talking to did not even flinch. So that's how it's done. You work with someone and you tell them the scary thing that you're gonna do so that then they can hold you accountable and say, I totally believe in you and you are worth this and you can do this and let's go and then come back and tell me how it went and and I want to hear all about it. That's the importance of telling someone. So whether that person is your partner or your friend or a coach or a mentor, you have to have those people in your life. So identify who they are and let them know that they're that person. Say, hey, you are so great at holding me accountable and that is so valuable to me. And if you don't have that person in your life, 
you got to find that person and pay them. And if you don't have the funds to pay them, find out how you can ask for some mentorship. And if you need some pointers on that, always feel free. You can reach out to me anytime. If you reach out to info at shamelessmom.com, we can talk about what that would look like in different layers of mentorship. I don't have the capacity for mentorship for everyone, but I can point you in the right direction. All right. And number three, the third step to starting anything is to not think about the end. (laughs) Just think about the next step. So it's so easy, not easy, but like our default, for some reason, we make our default the end game. And when we do that, we completely freak ourselves out. So I, for a long time, put off running a marathon because all I could think about was running 26.2 miles. And that sounded really awful. Like no one who's never run 26.2 miles is like, well, that sounds super fun. You're like, no, that sounds really hard and really scary. And I probably can't do it because I've never done it. And prior to signing up for a marathon, the longest I had ever run was a half marathon, which was 13.1 miles, which felt very, very, very hard. And I had done it many times and it always felt very, very, very hard. And I had this in my mind that, you know, every half marathon I had done, those last three miles felt so hard. And I never finished a half marathon thinking like, oh, I could keep going. I always felt like, holy cow, I could not do another step if I had to. And so committing to a marathon felt absolutely terrifying. What I had to do when I finally decided to do a marathon is I had to not think about the marathon. All I thought about was running 14 miles. That was all I thought about because I had already trained up to 13.1. So then I just had to think about, okay, so could I run 10 minutes longer? And if I ran a little bit slower for 13 miles, could I maybe run for 10 more minutes to get that 14th mile? And I could, as it turned out. And then I did that one time and I was like, wow, so could I a week later add 10 more minutes and make it 15 miles? And that was all I thought about in marathon training. I only thought about adding one more mile each week because I could not conceptualize getting to 26.2 miles. On race day, I will tell you, I was still highly doubtful (laughs) that I was going to get to 26.2 miles. So I want you to think about when you get overwhelmed by a dream and when you decide not to even start on a dream, it, it might be because you're looking at the end goal and the end game, which of course it's valuable to know where you're gonna end up and to know that that's where you wanna land, but it's not valuable to make that the focal point the entire time you're working toward that thing. Instead, you work toward one little bit at a time. I know we've had so many moms in here who've gone back to school or changed careers and had to do like major courses of study. I can think of one mama in particular who changed career paths and had to do a lot of, I don't know what they're called, but like all the tests that you have to do when you go into financial services, like, I don't know, like the C9 or whatever, that's not the right thing. It's like letters and numbers mixed together is the name of all the tests. I sound ridiculous right now, I realize this. But like, there's all those tests that you take when you go into financial services, whether you're gonna work in banks or in financial advisor offices and those kinds of things. And also you have like a lot more language and lingo around this than I do, because I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. But when you go into those new professions or when you go to get a new degree or a first degree, you don't think about the end goal. And you don't think about like, okay, three years from now, I'll be done. No, you think about like, what do I need to do to get through this quarter? What do I need to do to pass this one test? How can I get through that? And I know when I went back to school in my 20s to become a personal trainer, I thought in terms of quarters, because 
to be working full time and going to school like that did feel like a lot. And I didn't even have kids at the time, but it just like felt like a lot just in that capacity. And so I didn't think about the whole program I was doing. I thought about 12 weeks at a time. And especially when I had really hectic quarters, I was like 12 weeks, like it can be really messy for 12 weeks and then it will be fine. <laughs> and that's all I would think about. And then I would get to the next 12 weeks and be like, okay, does it need to still be that messy or can we make some tweaks here? So don't think about the end, just think about the next step and then you can keep going. So think about like, how do I add one mile? How do I add 10 minutes? How do I make it through this phase? How do I make it through this step? How do I make it through this test or this week? One thing at a time, not looking to the end because it really is just working through that next thing Time passes, and especially when you have kids, it's amazing how quickly time passes. So the time is going to pass really quickly. But if you're always focused on what that very end thing is, that time messes with your mind. And if you're only focusing on the next thing you have to get done, time suddenly speeds up and you're like, bam, you're just like knocking it out. I'm getting number one done, number two done, number three done. And you're just knocking those things out. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy cow, like I've gotten the first 18 things done. And now it's six months later, and I can't believe how far I've made it. And so you have that different perspective of feeling that constant sense of momentum and accomplishment, which feels really good, instead of this feeling of like slogging toward a goal that's going to take three years, right? Do you see the difference there? So those are your three steps to starting anything. Make the first step very small is number one. Number two, tell someone, not anyone, but someone who believes in you and will keep you accountable. And then number three, don't think about the end. Think about the next small step. Okay. And like I said, if you are building a business and you want to grow and scale that business and you want to join me on May 11th for my free business building workshop, just go to shamelessmom.com slash business. That's shamelessmom.com slash business. I would love to have you sign up. If you are already busy on Tuesday, May 11th, this will be recorded. So when you sign up, you'll also get access to the recording, which you'll get shortly after the work the live workshop ends so that you can still get all that content as well. And like I said, it's all completely free over at shamelessmom.com slash business. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. And I'll be back in a couple of days with a fantastic interview. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
no one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.